Hello and welcome into another episode of Locked on Wolves. Today on the show, what the Wolves have done well through five games, what they have not done well and need to improve and quickly as the schedule is about to get tougher uh, in very short order. Plus a quick preview of Wolves Lakers on Friday night as the Wolves take on the winless Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James. It's all coming on the show. Welcome in. You are Locked on Wolves. You are Locked on Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend and happy Timberwolves game day. The Timberwolves play host to the LA Lakers this evening. We'll talk about that. We'll preview that game here later in the show. I want to start with a few key takeaways from the first five games overall. Good, The good, the bad. What must improve? All that is upcoming here on the show today. First of all, though, a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every single day. Of course, Lockdown Wolves is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms. You can also download the brand new Lockdown Sports Minnesota app. If you have a Roku, if you have an Amazon Fire TV, you can download our app, Lockdown Sports Minnesota. More great local sports coverage 24-7. It's absolutely free. All Lockdown Sports, or I should say Lockdown Minnesota, Lockdown Sports Minnesota shows, Wolves, Wild Twins, Gophers, Vikings, it's all available on the app. Download it today on Roku or Amazon Fire TV. Also, you can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves, or you can follow my account at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Okay. We are now five games into this extremely young season. It's been up and down. It's been literally wins alternating with losses. Of course, the Wolves have played five teams that are not expected to be playoff teams this season. And that uh, makes things a little bit hard to kind of, I don't know, to decipher. Like what what's actually going on here with this team, right? The Wolves beat the Thunder twice relatively comfortably, but not as comfortably as you'd like. Kind of the same with the Spurs game. All three of their wins have been multi-possession wins, but games you felt like they should have won by more, right? And then their losses, uh, you know, the Utah loss is looking at this point not as bad because it was an overtime loss and Utah's only lost once in their first, I think they're four and one right now. Um, I don't know that ultimately Utah's going to be that great, but at the moment it doesn't look horrible. The Spurs loss was obviously a debacle, but if, if it's possible the Jazz are something close to a 500 team this year, I'm still not sure I buy that then, hey, I mean, maybe we feel a little differently. You know, teams have a handful of those stinkers every year. The Wolves had a very, uh, something that definitely fits into that category on Monday. Um, But at any rate, there's been ups, there's been downs. I want to start with a couple positives before I get into some, uh, some of the things that just need to approve ASAP with this team. We'll close the show today with the Wolves-Lakers preview. Um, I think the, uh, anything Lakers related is, is a bit, is really entirely negative. So we'll start with some positive Wolves news um, or positive Wolves thoughts, I guess. Number one for me so far this season, and I and I guess what I'll what I'll do here is I'll order these in order of like what's surprised me and is really good to what hasn't been surprising, but is also a very good thing. The number one surprising, pleasant surprise for me is Jaden McDaniels to this point in the season. Um Everybody's known he's got the tools to be fantastic defensively. He was fantastic defensively for stretches last season. There's no doubting that. Um, But the consistency in offense wasn't there. And frankly, the consistency defensively wasn't really either. 
the biggest issue last season is foul trouble. And we've seen that in two of his five games so far this year. McDaniels has been in foul trouble. Um, but in the ones he hasn't, he's been fantastic. Um, right now, no matter how you slice it, he's been one of the best. I mean, like you could say right now, he has been, except for maybe Jalen Noel, probably the best player on the floor for the Wolves so far this season. Um, I mean, he's been phenomenal, super good on defense, consistent on offense. He hadn't made a three until he went bonkers the other night. I think he was like, oh, for his first seven outside the arc. And now because he went, what, four of six, I think, or four of five on, on Wednesday, McDaniels now has his three point percentage at 33.3%. So a bit more respectable, uh, but even with the 33% from three, He's been relatively efficient offensively. His free throw rate is extremely high. He actually has the highest free throw rate on the team besides Rudy Gobert. Um, if you're not familiar with that stat, it means number of free throw attempts per field goal attempt. So his free throw rate is 0.41, meaning that um, for every field goal attempt he shoots, he gets 0.4 of a free throw. So it's nearly half, right? Nearly half of his field goal attempts result in a free throw attempt, which is just insane. Um, and obviously not anywhere near like what we've seen from him before in his career. Um, and again, through five games, but he's never had a free throw rate above 0.128. So his current free throw rate is, is like three and a half times where it's usually been his three point rates actually a little bit lower than usual. Um, but we're seeing his usage rate right in line with where he's been. And yet his turnover rates lower. The steal rate and block rate are both way up. He's making his free throws when he gets to the line, even though he's only shooting 33% on relatively limited attempts, it's still much greater than last year when he was 31.7 for the season. Um, so all the way around, it's been an impressive start to the season. And I, I mentioned this on, on the post game pod on Thursday show. I think the term X factor gets thrown out a bit, thrown around a bit too often, but Jade McDaniels, if the Wolves were going to have an X factor, it's Jade McDaniels. Um, if he plays well on both ends of the floor, the, the Wolves are gonna have a really good game. He was phenomenal opening night. That was his best game to date, 19.6 rebounds, three assists, three steals, and two blocks in that game, only one turnover, and he managed to play 35 minutes, was not in foul trouble at all. Uh, he actually has committed exactly three fouls in each of his next four games. The ones when he picked up early fouls, though, the, the game at OKC on Sunday, uh, which they did win by 10, he put up 11 points, but only had one rebound. He did have four steals in that game, shot five and nine from the field. And like I said a minute ago, he was 0 of 7 from three up until Wednesday when he went four of five and, of course, finished with 20 points, three rebounds, three blocks, and two steals, plus an assist uh, in the Wednesday night win over San Antonio. So I, the Wolves kind of sort of go as Jaden McDaniels goes. Um, I don't think that that's a crazy thing to say. Now, Delo said this after the opening night win over OKC. The Wolves don't really run plays for Jaden McDaniels. So if he's able to get his, that means the ball is moving within the offense. It means that Ant is driving and kicking, right? McDaniels had two wide open three-point opportunities that he nailed in the first quarter of the Wolves-Spurs game on Wednesday because Ant was driving and kicking, making smart plays with the basketball. If Jaden's getting open threes, it's because that's happening. It's because the offense is flowing in the half court. And likely they're getting out in uh, in transition offensively too, they're, which probably means they're stopping the opposition on the other end of the floor, right? So often the Wolves are running in these in these um, live ball turnover situations or grabbing a defensive rebound and running versus running after makes. That's how McDaniels is going to get some of those easy buckets, both in the paint and open three-point attempts, is in transition, or it means that the half-court offense is running efficiently and fluently. And we've seen that, you know, in the wins this season, 
Jaden McDaniels has had his best games. His three highest point totals have all come in wins. His three highest uh, shooting percentages have all come in wins. Um, his three highest steal. In fact, in the two losses the Wolves have had this year, and this is at this point fluky, but interesting. In the two losses the Wolves have, Jaden McDaniels has zero steals. The three wins, he has multiple steals in each of those games. Three steals in the opener, four steals in, in the road on the road win over OKC, and three steals or two steals, pardon me, uh, against the Spurs. Zero in the loss to Utah, zero in the loss to the Spurs. Um, so fascinating. It means probably nothing, but I, I think it kind of plays into my point of like, hey, when McDaniels plays well, the Wolves have a legit two-way player, and I think that's been the biggest pleasant surprise for me so far this season. A couple other ones real quickly. Cat's um, adjustability, maybe compatibility within this team and within the offense, really, I, I think if we're if we're being real specific about it, because he hasn't really been the focal point all too often early this season, right? In the two games against the Thunder, the idea was to get the ball to Rudy. It was a lot of D'Lo, Rudy pick and rolls. It was a lot of just get the ball into Rudy because of the size advantage. The Utah game, the Wolves tried to feature him a little bit, and it just wasn't, uh, wasn't really a fantastic game for Cat. Um, and this last time out was probably his quietest, one of his more impressive yet quietest, uh, 21 point games that he's had. I'm sorry. I got the Utah in the second OKC game mixed up. He had a good game against Utah, decent game against Utah. Um, it was the second OKC game that they won. So the two wins against OKC cat had his lowest point totals because the wolves were so focused on getting the ball to Rudy. He had 12 on opening night, 15 at OKC on the road. He had 27 against Utah and then 27, 11 and five in the loss to the Spurs. A lot of that was fourth quarter damage, I guess, when they were down by a ton. And then his best all around game by far, I think, came against the Spurs on Wednesday. He had 21, seven assists, four rebounds um, and shot nine of 14 from the field, hit three threes. It's the only game all season he's hit three threes in. did not get the free throw line coincidentally. But uh, in general, this was, I think, his his most well-rounded game. Um. But his ability to adapt, to play different roles, to not get to this point, it seems like he's not been frustrated with games where he has, you know, less shot attempts. The OKC games, he had 10 shot attempts in one and nine in the other, but he's gotten his shots up in the other games. Um, So I think he understands where the Wolves are at and understands that his role is shifting. It's not what it was two years ago or even last year. Um, And Kat's, I think, willingness to pass has been really great. He's always been a willing passer, but... I guess his he's been smarter with the ball in his hands and the the willingness to pass hasn't waned at all to this point. I think that's really exciting. Um, two really quick ones. Good Anthony Edwards we know is fantastic. We've seen probably three of the five games where he was, two where he was fantastic, probably three where he played really well and two where he didn't play as well. Um, if, if good Ant can show up and we can avoid the stinker like the Spurs game, like, I mean, you can have a bad shooting game, but if lackadaisical defense low energy on offense too. If we can avoid that completely, good ant is a monster. Um, that's not a surprise. And then the other one's Jalen Noel. Not a surprise to me. If you've listened to the show for over two years, he is the guy I've been clamoring to get more minutes for a long time. And uh, we're seeing that now. My, one of my preseason predictions, uh, My I didn't think it was that bold of a prediction, but I said he would get votes for six man of the year. And if he plays like he has over the first five games, He'll probably win the award. Um, I'm not changing my prediction. I think I'll stick with it. I think he will get votes. I don't know that he'll win, but he's got the talent, the ability, and probably the opportunity to win. Now, of course, Kyle Anderson's missed the last three games, but 
Cal Anderson's not going to shoot the ball all that often either. Those, I don't think that impacts Noel too much other than the occasional possession where Noel runs offense has maybe happened a little bit more frequently with no Kyle Anderson, but it's not like Jordan McLaughlin hasn't been playing either. So I think Noel's going to keep this up, you know, maybe not like he did on Wednesday against the Spurs. I don't know. We'll see 23 a night from him, but he's going to do some damage off the bench this season. And it's so much fun to see him kind of unleashed as a three-level scorer. We've absolutely seen that to this point in the season. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about our friends over at Prize Picks, and then we're going to get into uh, some of the things that need to get fixed ASAP in the season are here, uh, hopefully, next time out here for the Wolves as they take on the Lakers. So we'll talk about uh, Prize Picks here first. Uh, on Friday night, I think, I think I'm probably going to take Carl Anthony Towns over on points. I like the matchup against the Lakers. I know Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis is actually questionable. We'll talk about this later in the show. So there's a chance that he actually doesn't have to face Anthony Davis. But either way, I think that's a fun matchup. But I think Towns will want to play well against Lakers on a Friday night. You could take the Carl Anthony Towns points over. Maybe take the little LeBron James. Uh, honestly, I'll, I'll say rebounds over because he rebounds the ball a lot. Who else is going to rebound for the Lakers besides him and Anthony Davis? And uh, the Wolves have been struggling on the glass. So maybe you take the Towns over on points and the and the LeBron over on rebounds. You can actually pick multiple players on prize picks. Uh, pick two to five players over at prizepicks.com or on the app. And if they'll score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. And you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections that are available. They offer projections on any sport that you watch, including NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, uh, college sports, uh, you name it. You can do it at Prize Picks. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's extremely easy. Just download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users will get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. Again, if you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, let's talk about a couple of things that the Wolves need to improve on uh, ASAP this season. Also, uh, a quick reminder, make your second listen the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's a fantastic listen. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app you're using now, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so things to fix. Number one, and maybe this is too obvious, consistency. Um, I think a lot of teams would say this at this point in the season. If your team's not four and one, I think I think you're probably saying, hey, we need more consistency. But I think what's maddening is that we saw the Wolves take it to the Spurs on Wednesday. We saw it take it to them in the fourth quarter on Monday. And if they had done it for half the time in the first three quarters on Monday, or, you know, I mean, you're looking at a team that's four and one. Or if they squeak out the overtime win over the Jazz last Friday, you're looking at a team that's four and one. Um, it's frustrating because the schedule's been so favorable so far. And I know San Antonio's been decent, and I know the Jazz have been really good. But it's very unlikely that OKC, actually, by the way, OKC's won two in a row against the Clippers now, too, this week. So they, they've actually played better than people expected. But if Utah, OKC, and San Antonio, if any of them make the playoffs, I will be very surprised and it hurts to be only three and two after playing those games. Now, the schedule's about to get more difficult. And I mean, 
I think it's possible we look back on this week, depending on how the games against the Lakers and again against the Spurs on Sunday shake out. If the Wolves don't win both of those games, if they do, and you know, say they're uh, what seven and three, nope, seven and math five and two <laughs> headed into the out of, five and two in their first seven games. Man, headed into Phoenix on Tuesday, you know. I think I said at the time I'd be disappointed if they weren't five and two or six and one. So if they end up five and two, if they beat the Lakers and then win in San Antonio on Sunday, I think we'll be all right with that. Uh, it's just a little disappointing that, um, you know, that, that that's the best case scenario, right? Still five and two in the first seven wouldn't be awful. It's just the consistency in a lot of different areas. I think the biggest area, if I had to pick one where the wolves have at times been really good and at other times been awful is transition. Uh, both offense and defense. And I highlighted this on Monday as an issue and Wednesday as something that went much better. Defensively, and this go, this is last year too, even with Jared Vanderbilt and Patrick Beverly on the roster, the ability to consistently get back on defense and match up and have floor balance, what I mean by that is, is when you're going offense to defense, making sure that you spread out and pick up guys in transition instead of ending up with like three guys loaded on one side of the floor and or four guys on one side of the floor and open space on the other side. That's an issue when teams are running in transition because if they hit their lanes appropriately, you're going to give up dunks, you're going to give up spot up threes in transition. And the Wolves struggle with that because they'll end up with Rudy and Cat, you know, both going for a rebound or cat complaining about a foul call or Nas Reed falling down or, you know, whatever Delo's complaining about a foul call, whatever happens, it, the wolves in these bad games against the jazz and against at times against the thunder, even though they won those games and then certainly on Monday against the Spurs is they're allowing numbers back the other way. And the floor balance isn't good. This was much better on Wednesday against the Spurs. And this is just a matter of effort. And uh, you know, there's some understanding and knowing your role, getting back in defense, it's talking, it's being vocal. I believe Rudy Gobert said that after the last Monday. Like, it doesn't take that much effort to open your mouth and just talk and say, I got ball, I got him, you know, you take mine or whatever in in transition. And if the Wolves would just do that, that solves a lot of these issues. Offensive, offensively in transition as well, the Wolves have sometimes pushed the pace when they shouldn't have or at least made ill-advised passes. The, you know, the cat pass to Rudy in traffic when they were trying to make a comeback fourth quarter against the Spurs on Monday sticks out. There's been a couple ant possessions like that. D'Lo has, you know, a headband pass every couple games that's just a little too aggressive. Um, some of those sloppy turnovers in transition have been an issue as well. Um, and, you know, that can get cleaned up. And I think Chris Finch would probably say he'd rather have those errors of aggression in terms of turnover transitions than like bad mid-range shots or, you know, not pushing the pace at all. So there's going to be some of that with this team. I'm not like, you know, get off my lawning about it. Like, I mean, there's going to be turnovers in transition. Just sometimes it's a little too sloppy and they just need to get cleaned up. Um, and then my last thing that really needs to get improved, and this certainly isn't the last thing, it's the last thing I'm going to mention is the offensive spacing. At times, this offense has just hummed along. You know, a couple first quarters, a first quarter against the Thunder in the first game, um, at times against the Spurs on Wednesday, the, the offense has just clicked. It's been like a fine-tuned machine for just a few possessions at a time. The ball's moving. Ant's getting open threes. McDa- first quarter against the Spurs on Wednesday. Ant's getting open threes. Jade McDaniels is getting open threes. Cats um, touching the ball. Rudy's getting some, po- some paint touches, not necessarily post touches, but touches around the rim. And at times, though, we see the ball stick. Ant is the biggest culprit. At times, it's D'Lo. At times, it's Cat, where the ball just stays with them for most of a possession. And then, you know, it's a tough, ends up being a tough shot or a hand grenade tossed to somebody else at the end of the shot clock. 
it it's that, and then it's also the spacing offensively. Um, at times, we're seeing Rudy and Cat kind of crowd each other, or the the problem we're seeing more frequently is Ant getting into the paint and kind of running up the back of Rudy Gobert, who's there ready to rebound on a jumper, but doesn't get out of the way in time as Ant's driving, and Ant doesn't see where Rudy is, and, and it's just the spacing offensively has been a little rough at times. And, and that's more familiarity than anything else. Like Rudy knowing what Ant likes to do, Ant knowing where Rudy's going to be generally, um, Ant running, you know, doing the right things within a play set. Just a few of these kind of minor tweaks can go a really long way. And at times we've seen that kill possessions where Rudy's just a little bit too close to Ant and he misses a layup. Or, you know, Cat and Rudy crowd each other. They battle over a rebound and the other team gets it. Um, I think it's with time, those are that particular one, I think is more something that will get better with time. Whereas the consistency thing and the transition offensive defense, just try harder, just be more consistent. That can just be done. I think the spacing thing is going to take a little bit of time uh, to be sure. Okay. Let's talk about the Lakers. Let's talk about this matchup, Wolves and Lakers. And I don't know how relevant it is to talk about last year's Wolves-Lakers game, so I'm not going to do a lot of that. But let's talk about what the Lakers have been up to this season and uh, do a quick preview of Friday night's matchup. All right, the Los Angeles Lakers are 0-4. It's a little scary. Because this is a team that obviously needs a win. I, I don't... They might actually be the only winless team in the league. Hang on. I need to I need to see if that's true. Uh, but... Uh, Orlando's still winless. Orlando's 0-5. There's a bunch of one-win teams. Um, this is actually... This is heading into play on, on Thursday. There were a bunch of one-win teams. Orlando didn't play Thursday. So Orlando's 0-5. And the Lakers are 0-4. So you can bet they're going to be desperate. The Lakers to this point are 0-4. They haven't really been like entirely blown out of games. Uh, I mean, the, the opener against the Warriors wasn't pretty, and then the Nuggets game wasn't all that close. It was a double-digit loss on Tuesday? Wednesday. They lost to Portland, who's been fantastic, started 4-0, and of course Lillard is now hurt again. Uh, but they they lost to Portland only by two, and they lost the Clippers by six. Now, the Clippers just lost consecutive games to the Thunder, um, although I believe Paul George and Kawhi Leonard sat both those games out, and I think they both played in the game against the Lakers. But they lost the Clippers by six, they lost the Blazers by two, and then just on Wednesday lost to the Nuggets by uh, 11. The Lakers' injury report is important to note it's still a little up in the air. Russell Westbrook didn't play on Wednesday. He's questionable for this game. I think initially the hope was he'd be able to play against the Wolves Friday. I say that. Do they really hope he could play against the Wolves Friday? Um, But Russell Westbrook might play against the Wolves. Anthony Davis is questionable after he did play in the first four games this season. He's questionable with lower back tightness, and he's been really good. I don't think there's any question he's been the best player on the floor for the Lakers to this point in the season. Um, And... Uh, you know, not having him on the floor would be a massive issue for LA and obviously a huge advantage for Minnesota. Uh, given, I mean, like who else is going to guard Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns in the paint? Who else is going to put up with them on this team? Um, Thomas Bryant's out. He's on the roster, but he's been out. Damian Jones is the answer. I mean, he's like the other kind of de facto big on this team besides LeBron. And he's played well so far this year in very limited minutes. I mean, he's played what, 25 minutes over three games. Um, 
but he's you know kind of more of a rebounder and and not much else. He could block some shots, type of a thing. But there isn't much size to this Lakers team. So if Davis can't play, the Lakers are going to be in big trouble against Rudy and against Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, LeBron is on the injury report, but he's listed as probable with foot sore, left foot soreness. LeBron's been good so far this season, not great. Last time out, the Lakers lost the Nuggets by 11. It was a game that they were actually tied at halftime, but had a terrible third quarter and ended up down, um, I think they were down 15 or 14, headed to the fourth quarter, 15, I think, and ended up losing by 11. Anthony Davis had 22, 14, and five, plus three steals and two blocks. It was just fantastic against Denver, and now he's questionable for the Wolves game. LeBron had 19, nine assists, and seven rebounds, but he had eight turnovers. Nine assists and eight turnovers for LeBron, two of eight outside the arc and eight of 21 field goals. LeBron and AD combined to shoot one of three at the free throw line. They only attempted three free throws combined against Denver. And also, this is notable. The Timberwolves actually are have the best defense in the league when it comes to allowing free throw attempts. Their defensive free throw rate is number one in the league. It's just .147. So for every field goal that the opponent attempts, the Wolves have only allowed .147 free throws, which is the exact opposite as last year. Remember, the Wolves were absolutely foul happy all last season. And this year, it's really only Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I mentioned Jaden McDaniels has picked up three fouls in, three, in four consecutive games. But... I mean, Towns is the only one that's averaging more than three personal fouls per game. They've got three guys that are between, or four guys between two and three fouls. But the Wolves, to this point, have done an outstanding job of not allowing other teams to get to the free throw line. Now, part of that is they played some bad offenses, but wait for this. The Lakers have the league's worst offense so far. They're number 30 in offensive efficiency, offensive rating. Uh, They're number 29 in field goal percentage. They're number 30 and three-point percentage, and three-pointers made per game. They're making only 8.3 three-pointers per game, the Lakers are. 22%. The only Lakers player to be shooting anywhere near league average from three, and I'm not including uh, Max Christie, who's like one of one, I think, from three, and Matt Ryan, who's like four of eight. I'm taking them off the table. Austin Reeves is the only one to be shooting anywhere near league average. He's at 40% on relatively limited attempts. LeBron is their next best three-point shooter at 25.7%. So if you think watching the Wolves clank threes was really frustrating the first few games, obviously Wednesday got them back on track in terms of team percentage, but the Wolves have Torian Prince shooting a ridiculous 69.2% from three, Cat shooting 37%, Ant is right at 35, Delo's at 34.6, and they've got a couple guys at 33%. So not a lot better, but the Wolves are at least 19th in the league in percentage and uh, 17th in makes per game. So neither team is doing great there. The Wolves are certainly not where they want to be, but the Lakers are dead last. Offensive efficiency, three-pointers per game, three-point percentage. Also, their free throw rate offensively isn't great. They're 24th in free throw rate. So we're talking about the team that gets to the line the sixth least, 24th most, however you want to say that in the league. There's only five teams that are worse at getting to the free throw line than the Lakers. The Wolves defense has been the best in terms of not allowing opposing offenses to get to the line. And you think about it, like who on the Lakers is getting to the line? It's Anthony Davis and LeBron James, right? And they combined for three free throws on Wednesday against Denver. Russ doesn't get to the line like he once did. Um, You know, he can, but he doesn't as much. Uh, Patrick Beverly, you know, relatively limited minutes, although he's been starting for them. Not really his game. Not really. I mean, 
I, I say that. He's actually okay at it, but his usage rate is going to be relatively low on this Lakers team. Kendrick Nunn, more of a jump shooter who's struggling um, struggling from the outside so far this season. doesn't get. In fact, Kendrick Nunn has gotten to the line exactly zero times in four games, and he's playing 16 minutes a game. So you're talking about a guy that's played 63 minutes over four games and hasn't gotten to the line a single time. 60, Yeah, 63 minutes. Um, Juan Toscano-Anderson hasn't attempted. He's attempted one free throw in 66 minutes. So the Wolves should be able to continue that streak. If the Lakers do anything like what they've done so far this year offensively, the Wolves should be just fine. I think the Lakers' lack of size, the Wolves can play similar to what they did against the Thunder. You know, force the ball into Rudy, get him involved early, get him on track early. And then, in a sense, play inside out, allow Cat to attack from the perimeter, and uh, let Ant do his thing. I mean, it'll be interesting to see who LeBron guards, if he guards Towns or if he guards Ant. Um, my guess is they put Beverly on Ant and they put LeBron on Towns. Um, teams have been playing a lot more zone against the Wolves. We'll see if the Lakers try that. I don't know if the Lakers play much zone, um, but uh, that could be a possibility. But if the Wolves attack inside, if Davis plays, try and get him into foul trouble, obviously, because there's not much front court depth there. And if he doesn't, the Lakers are in trouble. Get it into Rudy, let Cat attack from the perimeter, let Ant do his thing, um, and just be good in transition. Um, the Wolves still want to play with pace. The Lakers do too. They get out and run. Um, but it's a team the Wolves should be able to run on. They should be able to score in the paint against. They should be able to hold their own rebounding against. Um it should be a win for the Wolves. I, I don't know what the bet online line is at this moment, but this should be a win, a multiple possession win. The Wolves are still at home uh, before they head out on the road to take on the Spurs Sunday. Um, in terms of programming, we will do a live postcast 45 minutes following the game, myself and Marty Gellner for Bally Sports North. We have fixed all of our technical issues. I promise it's going to be great. So be sure to tune in on YouTube. That's on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel 45 minutes after the final horn on Friday. We won't do a full post-game pod, but we'll do that 12, 15-minute postcast with Marnie. And then Sunday, I'm going to wait to do the Monday's pod until after the Sunday night game. The Wolves play at 6 on Sunday night. I think it's on NBA TV against the Spurs uh, if you're not in the Twin Cities. So Sunday night, I'll record a post-game pod that will be Monday's show, and then the Wolves play Tuesday against Phoenix. Uh, So then Tuesday, we'll preview the Wolves-Suns matchup. Um, And then, of course, post-game postcast, I should say, live postcast with Marnie following the plan is every game, um, and if if we're not going to do one, I'll put that out on Twitter, but the plan is to do a postcast after every game, myself and Marnie. So if you haven't caught those, please subscribe to the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube so you're notified when those happen, and then the audio versions show up in my audio feed here at Lockdown Wolves as well. Thanks once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as mentioned, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms and the brand new Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves and also at B-Beacon, and that's with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Of course, the Lockdown Wolves podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Thanks again for making us your first listen, and a reminder that for your second listen, you can listen to the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Lockdown Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.